Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there. Our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Guys, I am still hearing reports. I'm getting tweets and, and messages that there are people out there still wearing Maroon is All That Matters shirts. I don't know if I can work out a trade-in program with College Corner, but I really shouldn't have to, guys. It's time to move forward. It's time to get you a new shirt. It's time to get some new gear. It's a new Mississippi State. I mean, it's been a long time. It's time to move on. I'm just telling you. So, head over to College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're enriched by Fleet Feet. They're inflowed by the Half Shell. You can shop online at collegecornerstore.com and get some new, fresh, crisp, maroon and white merchandise. Humble Taco, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. It's the place to go, especially on a weekend like this when the weather, it's just been immaculate here in Starville all weekend. Cool, breezy, beautiful blue skies. A chamber of commerce kind of day is what they like to say. Humble Taco is a great place because they got one of the best patios in the whole southeast. Grab out, sit out there. Enjoy a handcrafted margarita, some chips and salsa, and then some tacos that you cannot get anywhere else. Only can you get them at Humble Taco. We all know that Firehouse Subs is a great place to go grab a quick, easy, and delicious lunch, but maybe you don't know how much Firehouse Subs does for our community. We'll find out now with October being First Responders Month at Firehouse Subs. When you place your order, you can buy a $1, a $5, or a $25 medallion to support the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation which provides life-saving grants for equipment and training to first responder organizations across the country, including over $800,000 worth of donations here in the state of Mississippi. Firehouse Subs really is about the firemen of this country and about helping out in the community. So you're not only getting a great sandwich at a great price, you're doing something good every time you go to Firehouse Subs. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Flowood, Madison, Firehouse Subs. Well... Robbie, I don't know if you've noticed, but so far when it comes to predictions this year, everything is happening as I have foreseen it. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean we're not going to change some things down the road, but Mississippi State is sitting at 4-1. and one. They handled Texas A&M, dominated them, spanked them, whooped them, all the way back to that podunk, whoop, College Station, whoop, 42-24. I was really shocked Leach with a minute to go didn't take a shot down the field, to be honest with you. I'm sure he wanted to. He wanted to. He had to be talked out of. I, mean, I, I bet Spurrier's over there like, no, which is crazy. You got Leach, probably doesn't really give an F. And then you've got Spurrier, who his dad had been like, hell yeah, run it down the field, let's go. <laughs> Throw that ball, Will Rogers. 
we say all that to say this. 42-24, Bulldogs 4-1, ranked in the top 25 in both polls. A lot of momentum. SEC Nation coming to Starkville. State a touchdown favorite over Arkansas. So much is happening. We need to know why. Tell them, Falk! Well, that was a good one. That was a good one for Mississippi State, yeah. Brian. I thought in every single phase, Mississippi State was good in that ball game. Um, and, the, you know, the defense gave up some the, – the, they were gashed on a few plays on, in the run game, which is not all that uncommon. A&M's offensive line is solid. The mm-hmm. running back is really, really good. But the thing that Mississippi State did is when it came crunch time on possessions, they either got off the field with a punt or they forced a big play in their favor. And I thought that was really the difference in the game. When things were kind of stagnant a little bit for Mississippi State offensively, the defense carried them. Special teams carried them. And then Will Rogers had, I thought, a really, really good ball game. Offensive line was was solid. I thought they were really good. The running game was exceptional. I think State outrushed A&M, one of the best rushing ball games that Mike Leach has had since he's been here. We're starting to see things come together, Brian, and I. We're starting to see that this team is actually a really good team. This isn't, you know, Mississippi State searching for bowl eligibility. Maybe they can get to six or seven wins. This is a competitive team within the SEC that can win a lot of games this year. And people were just waiting for them to beat, a, you know, a good team to kind of show that they are for real. And I think they've shown it. You know, that that LSU game, we can delve back into that and, and complain and, and talk about a missed opportunity all we want to. But the fact of the matter is State took what they learned in that ball game and they've gotten better. I think this team is a better football team for what happened in Baton Rouge. And hopefully that translates to more wins in the next couple of weeks because – this continues to be a huge, huge stretch for Mississippi State. If they can get out of this thing, two and one, like we've talked about, I think they're in good shape. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're not going to be three and zero out of this. I think they're perfectly capable of winning all three of these games. And I'm not trying to hit, get ahead of my skis here, but I think State can win all three of these games in that stretch, and that sets you up to have a really, really special season. I think uh, by Mississippi State standards, but. My overall takeaway from this game is, first of all, A&M remains the fraud that you and I continue to, to paint them as we, being every year. We call them Texas 8-4, and four and we've oversold them. I mean, I, I remember going back to whenever Kevin, Kevin Sumlin was there and just, you know, keep, you keep hearing, well, the, you know, if they ever figure it out, I mean, they have the resources, they can control college football. Well, uh, I didn't see anything with Kevin Sumlin that suggested that. Right. And Jimbo Fisher is now following the same track mm-hmm. that Kevin Sumlin had. So they they remain a show me program. And I thought coming into this ball game, the thing that the thing that has really separated Mississippi State from Texas A and M and wins is the physicality. State has been more physical on the lines of scrimmage every time they've beaten Texas A and M. Texas A and M is a soft football team. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. They are a soft football team. And Mississippi State has won that line of scrimmage every time they've won that ball, won those ball games. They've won the line of scrimmage once again. The offensive line was opening up holes in the running game, which you don't see a ton in this offense. The defensive line, I thought, was played exceptionally well. Got pressure on Max Johnson, made things really tough on him yesterday. 
And I just thought that's where the bat that's where the game was won was the battle in the trenches. I thought Mississippi State won that battle, and um, it was just a big day for for MSU fans against a, a top ten defense. Yeah, this isn't a this isn't a scrub defense. This is a really good defense. And State after that second possession when they got that fumble recovery, uh, when A Chain was was just kind of gashing their defense when they got that fumble recovery, I thought the game changed for everybody. I agree with that. I agree 100. percent I I agree with what you said about them being soft, and you know I, that's a, that's a harsh thing to say about a football team, but it's just the truth. They're, it's they're just soft. the truth. I mean, they, they don't they don't respond well to adversity. They, they're not a physical football team for whatever reason. And I, I made this comment. I've never there's never been anything like this in college football, right? Normally, a, a head coach at year five of what wants to be an elite program is on who's on pace to go seven and five. And was eight and four last year, and has only had really one good season. Would he'd be on the hottest seat imaginable? He would be on a hotter seat than Brian Harson is. Not to mention his salary. That's well. That's the point, though. Yeah, they're, what they're paying him is incredible. But because Ross Bjork, who is just stupid, 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 fully guaranteed this man this contract, and then extended him in the off season when nobody was coming looking for him. Mm-mm. They would owe him $95 million. So your options are either we're just going to have to tough it out or we're going to have to raise the price of gas to $12 a gallon so we can pay this guy, which I don't think is going to happen. So Nobody is wasting more money on college football than Texas We're going to talk about that in a second. But it's just an incredible situation that a guy in his fifth year is under really no pressure. It really I mean, is. There's some internal pressure, obviously. They'd like to be winning. Their fans are upset. But what are they going to do? You can't pay this guy $100 million. You can't. Uh-uh. You can't. And, and again, it's like we said, I mean, he's so out of touch. Yeah. I mean, the play calling. I mean, what, what happened when, with A-Chain the rest of the ball game? Yeah. Where was he? He had 16 carries. He, he had should, 16 carries for like should, 120 yards or yeah, something. He should have like 100. He should have 25 carries minimum. I mean, it, he just completely disappeared. And, they don't, and then on top of that, they just run him up the middle. Like get yeah. him outside. Devise some play. They man. did a good job on some of those swing passes, but then State did a good job. The Cameron Richardson did a good job of some open field tackles to to, to limit them. So, yeah. All right. Good. You made Oof. very good points there, and that team is soft, and they're going to lose this coming week to Alabama. They're going to lose to Ole Miss. So that's four. And then, I mean, are they really going to go unscathed? Auburn, LSU, South Carolina. Who's their other East team? Is it Missouri? No, that's Arkansas. Who's their other East team? I don't know. Need to know. Need to know. I can't even remember what we predicted them to go this year. We had them going eight and four. I thought I thought that they would uh, improve as the year goes we on. We had them starting out strong. Oh, Florida. Uh, at Florida? It's at A&M. They okay. could probably – they should be they able to should win, win that. that. But – I mean, am I gonna? I'll tell you this: What Florida's not a pushover team; they're physical. Yeah. So, all right. So those, those are some things that, that everything Robbie said was true. Don't don't get me wrong. But these are the things that are true, and we've got uh, eleven of them today, Robbie. Ooh. Every one of them, the gospel truth, absolutely true, one hundred percent. Number one. Before we say anything else, Robbie, all that happened on what happened on Saturday, all that means is. You have to win the next one. Yep. You went. I remember this very clearly from the uh, from the Dan Mullen. Uh, I forget which which Hale State highlight it was, 
but he's in the locker room. He's like, you won a big game. You won the biggest game in the state of Mississippi. You know what that means? Next week's even bigger. That's all it is. It just escalates. You beat Texas A&M, great. Fantastic. Now you have to beat Arkansas. Yep. Beat Arkansas, fantastic. Great. Now you got to go beat Kentucky. And then you play Alabama, and you know let the chips fall where they may, I guess, in that one. But winning games means you got to keep winning games. There is no, there is no letdown. You got to stay on the accelerator. So, the good news for Mississippi State is that I think we all, I think Mississippi State people would have liked to have seen Alabama lose to Arkansas. Been fun. Would have obviously liked to have seen Ole Miss lose to Kentucky. Could have liked to point it at him and laughed. But what you saw yesterday from those other, from from those teams losing. Is that you can win both those games? Yes, you can absolutely. win both those games. And you know we'll we'll kind of delve in a little more to mm-hmm. Arkansas as the week goes on. But KJ Jefferson healthy? I don't, don't know. know. I mean that they they definitely have some deficiencies. Uh, they play extremely hard. That's going to be a tough game. It's going to be tough, but it's at home and they'll be well coached. But yeah, and uh, I mean you have to feel again, good about your team right again, now. Again, I am not placing unfair expectations on Mike Leach to win a game at home that you are favored in. That's what you're going to be facing this weekend. And so far, State has been really good against the spread. 4-1. Their, their record is their record. LSU is, is the, the only, only one. one. And yeah. that, that's, to me right now, it, that feels like the anomaly to the season. It does right now. And they, so, you we'll know, they have a chance to prove otherwise, but that's what it feels like right now. Yeah. Number two. You know, the Beatles once saying that money can't buy you love. Money can't buy a lot of things in this life. It can't buy a winning football team. I I definitely think. Look, if I was if I'm a Mississippi State fan, I would love to have the Texas A&M NIL power. Right? Oh, yeah. You want those four and five star guys. You want those elite players. They're the real key. But when they come in, if you can't coach them, if you can't develop them, if you can't give them the right mindset, it's all for naught. That's what's going on at A&M. And here's the other issue with what what's going on there is you you've created mercenaries. Those guys came to Texas A&M because they got the best deal. Mm-hmm. Well, they, I mean, they got the best deal, but they also would like to win. So what happens in the offseason when Alabama and Georgia are like, we can give you that deal and you can come here and win? Yeah. You know? I mean, that's what's going to happen. I think eventually it's going to get really bad at A&M. I feel like the portal is going to be their enemy over the next couple of years. Like, Because they keep recruiting all these five-star defensive linemen. You can, they're only playing three. Yeah. You know the, the, they they do not do a good job of spreading things around. You know what that reminds you of they, freeze. Yeah, freeze. You know, sign, would just sign receivers just to get four and five star guys, and he would and get it, the ball to two of them. And it, well, not only that, he, he didn't sign linebackers. Yeah, he didn't sign cornerbacks. So, and I mean, I keep I keep hearing, well, just wait till the, that talent gets older. I mean, they've been a top ten recruiter. Yeah, they've been recruiting. It's not like for, they, it's the, they, didn't, they, they didn't. He's not. He's in a rebuild. They didn't jump from thirty to one. No, they, were, they jumped from like eight. Yeah. So you still have a roster. Yeah. That should beat Mississippi State. Nobody spends more money than Texas A and M on college football. No. They spend. They got ninety five million dollar guaranteed contract coach. They got however much money tied up in nil. They spent. How much did they spend on Kyle Field to renovate that? Like oh, six hundred million or something was, like that. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, they blew they blew up the entire one side of the building and rebuilt it in an off season. That's yeah. how quickly it got done. That's why I tell you there was money involved. Never mind their facility. I mean, they spend all this money, and they have literally nothing to show for it. I mean, people, their people, their program right now is from a you know what they've what they've done and the consistency. Mm-hmm. It's like a, just barely a notch ahead of Mississippi State. Mississippi State, and Ole Miss, crazy. You know, Ole Miss likes to call State little brother. 
And, and But when you look at the two programs, right, in terms of what they spend on football and what they get out of it, they're, they're close, right? Yeah. When Texas calls Texas A&M little brother, they legitimately mean it. They're like, you spend all this money trying to be like us, and you're not even close. And Texas isn't good right now. But Texas is still always going to be number one in Texas. They're like the trust fund baby. Yeah. Like they have the money, but they don't really but, know what to do with it, and they're just kind of throwing it around, yeah. and it's not it's not providing any results. Yeah. So. I, I, th- I feel like they're just spending all this money just to just to say, look how much money we have. Right. No, you're Without right. any kind of plan. You're exactly correct. And, and, and It's like a Brewster's how, Millions kind of thing. Just how spending. foolish does Jimbo Fisher look for how he acted when he was called out by I know Nick Saban. On that you look so dumb. He's gonna, you look so dumb well, doing his, that. His his punishment's coming. Oh, it's it's already it's, it's already beginning. He's not he's not having a good he's not having a good time. I will right tell you now. right now, they better hope Bryce Young can't play. Oh, they're, I think that's going to be because even I mean, if he doesn't, they're going to lose. Bad, I think that's going to be a massacre. I, I don't know that Saban's going to take the foot off the pedal on this one. And I really thought that this team would get better as the year went on. I, I don't, don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to happen. So all right, let's get back to Mississippi State number three. I thought State, under Leach, for the first time really, showed the ability to adjust and showed the ability to work, go with what worked offensively. The third drive of the game for State. First off, the second drive of the game is the stuff of legend. A 16-play, oh 49-yard drive that took eight minutes off the clock and resulted in a punt from the 43 Sylvester Croom was watching. I was like, "That is some beautiful football." Yeah, I bet he loved that. And he must have loved every second of it. That's an, I, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a 16-play drive end in a punt from the 43. And it, don't forget, State went for it on fourth down from further back, got it, and then punted. it. And from, had a, I think they had a third and long conversion yes, too. They did. That's what Rufus Harvey did. That. That said, when the third drive, when after the fumble recovery, where they went to two backs, three wide. They started playing with a little tempo, and they started running the football and letting some guys get. I thought one of the key plays was Simeon Price had a long run that was keyed, and you pointed this out up in the press box. You noticed it immediately by Jaquavius Marks getting a great block around the edge. State figured some things out and started going with them, and they worked. And the next thing you know, it's fourteen to nothing, and State's in complete control of the game. Yep. We, we we talk so much about Mike Leach, and is he just going to keep doing, keep doing, keep doing the same thing? He changed it up a little bit. Saturday, and I, this is—it's still—it's still a process. The evolution of this offense and how he's going to change it—it's a slow process. But you saw on Saturday him saying, "Okay, we're going to do this because I think it'll work," and it worked. State ran the ball as effectively as they as they ever have under Mike Leach, and the short passing game—you know—was sort of like the hammer on the rock. It just kept tapping and tapping and tapping, and eventually the rock broke, and you're throwing a 75-yard touchdown pass yep. down the field. I thought it was a fantastic offensive day. First three possessions, they, they had 25 plays for 76 yards. Oh my God. They punted three times. Yeah. And then I thought when it kind of turned was that, that fumble recovery, like I said, and they, they had to take advantage of that. You were gifted an opportunity there. They had to take advantage, and that's exactly what they did. The, the two touchdown drives in a row, Mm-hmm. The first one was 96, 94 yards, I think, a 94-yard drive. And then mm-hmm. they had uh, like a 70-yard drive or something. They had 20 plays for 164 yards on those two possessions. So, I mean, you went from averaging three yards a play to averaging, what, 
What's what's twenty into one sixty four? Eight. Eight yards of play. Yeah. I mean, you started to see some of those explosive plays coming, and I thought, just like, you know, we talked about up there, just a little bit of tempo, just just speed it up just a little bit to keep the defense off balance, and that did wonders for the offense when they did that. It felt like A and M really couldn't get settled in. Yeah. And I, I feel like this offense. You don't have to be, you know, what Ole Miss does and run a play every four seconds. You don't have to do that. Right. But just speed it up a little bit. Get it back up to the line of scrimmage. Look at the defensive set and snap the ball. Don't run the play clock down 30 seconds. Yeah. You know, I I feel like when the offense does that, you're really able to expose a defense because you got some guys sitting on their heels. You got some defensive linemen that are out of position. They can't get set and rush the quarterback. And that's when this offense really seems to roll. And. I just thought every time an opportunity was there after that fumble recovery, it felt like every single time A&M gave Mississippi State something, State punched them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the, the two fumbles, they took advantage of that. The blocked field goal, obviously. The, uh, right after, um, did they score a touchdown and then Rodgers threw that touchdown pass to Rara? Yes, okay, it was on so the next play. Yeah. They tried to get back in the game, boom, no, you're not. You're yeah. not back in the game. So that, that's what State did pretty much all game long, and that's the evolution of this team. That I'm not sure that this team could have done that in 2020 or 2021, at least not consistently. Yeah. But in this game, every opportunity they were given, they made you pay for it, and that's what good teams do. If you give, if you give a good team a chance, they're going to make you pay, and State did that. Yeah. Number three. No, no I'm sorry, number four. Number four. I thought states. I think state's offensive line deserves an incredible amount of credit. That's the reason state was able to do everything it did offensively. Yep. They opened up big holes for the running game, and Will Rogers no sacks. I'm, that if I, I'm just willing to tell you that if state has games with no sacks, they're winning those games. Mm-hmm. I don't care who they're playing, Georgia, Alabama, don't care. No sacks, they're winning. Um. To do it without your starting left tackle, and I mean, it makes now it makes for an interesting situation, right? That was the best game you've played. If Dollar Bill is good to go, what, what do you do now? Do you move him? I think Nick Jones maybe should be your left tackle. Do you let Dollar Bill go inside, or, or, or where, where are you going to do? Do you move him over to the right tackle and let Cam Jones come inside? I don't know. I think that's what I would do. Right tackle, mm-hmm. don't you think? I feel like he's a more I, natural right tackle. I feel like he. I feel like he would be slightly better than Cam Jones at right tackle. Cam at the right and I think guard. Cam is one of your better guards. And then Cole Smith at the left guard. Lasoya's playing yeah. really well. Yeah. But this is a good problem to have. This is what good teams have. They have depth, and they have to make tough decisions about the depth chart. I and here's the thing I saw yesterday, and I promise you, I'm not comparing Nick Jones' talent to Charles Cross, but there were some plays where you know he gave the defense a little bit of depth. And then pushed them out of the way, like Charles used to do. You know, like Charles wasn't always just keeping the defender where he was. There was times where he got a little depth. The def- the defenders trying to get around him, and he sealed him off, pushed him out of the way. And that's what Nick Jones did a lot yesterday. And I haven't seen that as much from Dollar Bill. I feel like Nick Jones is a little quicker with his feet. I think he has really good hands. He just seems like a guy that can really help you at left tackle. I feel like the offensive line as a whole might be better off with him at left. Just, I mean, just try it out a little bit. I would. Let, let's let's see what let's I see would. what a, a little you know mix up can do. Because you played so well, I would not yes. change anything. But here, I mean, 
the execution on blocking yesterday by everyone mm-hmm. was impressive. And the penalties was not good. No, not that, good. but that, was, that was early in the game, and I then they kind of cut that out. I was told that Leach made a comment coming off the field about simulating snap counts, which has happened to Mississippi State a couple of times. Yeah, and Kentucky if you did that last year. That it was all in the first half. There wasn't a false start in the second half. Yeah, so maybe he got to the refs and they got that taken care of. Could have because you know that was a problem for them against Kentucky. It was, it was. And there's like the you know the snap like you hear somebody barking out yeah. snap count, and you think it's Will. Yeah. But I just thought that the the execution by Woody Marks, Dylan Johnson, all these guys that are not you know offensive linemen, mm-hmm. they did their job too. Yeah. Wide receivers out on the perimeter. Yeah. That that play by by Woody Marks to spring Simeon Price was just uh, it's just textbook. Um, and I thought, you know, we saw another one from, um, I think Lasoya had one that opened up a real a really big run. So you're starting to see things really come together f- from an execution standpoint. And that was one of my keys coming in this game, executing everybody executing at their job in this offense. That's the key. Wide receivers have to do their jobs all the way down to offensive linemen and running backs. Everybody had to do their job and. I don't remember many drops. Justin Robinson dropped a touchdown, but they ended up scoring on that possession. There wasn't many mistakes by this offense outside of those pre-snap penalties. I agree. I agree. So just a fantastic uh, job by those guys. Mason Miller deserves a lot of credit. Number uh, five, I love to see a bounce-back game, and that's what Ra Ra Thomas had. He had a miserable game. I mean, he, he no coffee last weekend. And this weekend, five catches, 134 yards, 75-yard touchdown, had a couple of big plays for Mississippi State. He is a superstar in the making. This is a guy that's going to be a star in the, in the, in the SEC over the next two seasons. He will probably be State's leading receiver at the end of the year, which means he'll be around 70 catches, and he'll probably be around that the next year, and if he comes back for a senior year. He's, a, he's an absolute superstar. He's big, fast, physical. He's got everything you want. He's going to be the next Mississippi State. Wow, where did that guy come from in recruiting? He looks like he should have been a five-star kid. He, he, he's just that guy. He's an NFL guy. Yeah. I, I, can, I can unequivocally say when I see him play, I can see that dude playing on Sundays. He's got some measurables about him. He can, he can run. He can jump. He can catch. The, the, really, the, the only thing that's, that's going to hold Ra-Ra back in any ball games is himself, mm-hmm. the inconsistencies, mm-hmm. the games like you have against Bowling Green where it's just something was not right with him. I don't know if it was mentally or physically. He just was not in his game. But yesterday, he absolutely was, and he's, he's a matchup problem. Anytime that Will sees him or Caleb ducking in one-on-one coverage inside the red zone, He's going to feel good about throwing the ball their way. Uh, so, you know, I, I thought he was fantastic yesterday. That that last play on, you know, just a straight vertical route, mm-hmm. um, Will just – I mean, that's just Will just trusting his receiver to yeah. make a play. He threw two two or three balls to Ra-Ra in this game that were – it was just like, I, I'm throwing it up there and you get it. Yeah. You know, and the DB could get it too, but you've got to make sure that doesn't happen. And, and Ra-Ra did that. He has a lot of trust right now in Caleb Ducking and Ra-Ra, like I said, to win those battles. Yeah. On the other side of the field, number six, I love seeing Justin Robinson get some sla- some snaps. And th- it, it shouldn't be a surprise, right? This is a guy who was a four-star receiver coming out of high school that signed with Georgia. All right, this is not some kid who signed with, you know, 
Nebraska or Iowa State or or Washington State and transfer, and you're like, okay, well, he's four star. He should be good. He signed with Georgia. Mm-hmm. Kirby Smart, guy who knows how to evaluate players. He obviously thought he could contribute there. Depth chart at Georgia is what it is. So, so Justin Robinson wants to find playing time. What better situation to walk into as a receiver than Mississippi State? I think you're going to start seeing him become more and more of a part of the offense. Made some again, a guy who made some big should have had a touchdown. You know, you want to you want to get that corrected, but that was a a good game for him, and I think he'll be. A, I think he and Ducking will be the one two at the Z now, and you're going to see a bunch of them. What I think is happening is Mike Leach and Spurrier and Hollingshead. I think that they're rewarding players on their practices. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. Because we've seen so many different guys coming in and out. You know, Justin Robinson kind of in the background the first four games. And then yesterday he's getting a lot of those reps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we Ra-Ra last week kind of – he didn't even play till yeah. like late in the first quarter. Yeah. You know, Tulu will disappear. So it, it seems to me that you're getting rewarded for what you do in practice. And you're going to see – you're going to continue to see – Different guys stepping up. Now, Robinson dropped the touchdown pass. I thought it was good defense, too, by the defensive back to get in there and kind of rip the ball out. But I thought he was really good, and you're starting to see flashes from him. And we saw that, too, in the spring and and training camp. But you're starting to see flashes of why he was a four-star guy and one of the best programs in the country wanted him. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things, you know, I asked Rusty Manziel. We talked about that when he first got here, and I asked Rusty the day he committed – his thoughts on him because he had covered him uh, for several years. And he said, you know, it's all the potential is there. And maybe a change of scenery, could, he could really kind of explode in the air raid. Yeah. So potential is there Start, for him to really, to happen. To really come, come into his own as a player. I agree. All right, number seven of our things that are true. What a quick reminder. These are true. Uh, it's not entertaining at times to watch Mississippi State on offense. <clears throat> They are a grinded out, even though it's through the air, time of possession, you know, big drives, not big plays kind of offense, right? It can be frustrating. It can be tedious. The word my cousin used yesterday in our postgame show was methodical. Yeah. Sure. The thing that is true is that Zach Arnett is the entertainment of Mississippi State football. You want to be entertained watching MSU football? Watch them play defense because they're coming. Yeah. They are coming. And he doesn't really care. He doesn't care. He's like, if we get beat, we get beat. I'm, I'm bringing pressure. It, it worked better on Saturday than maybe it's ever worked before. They, they lived in the backfield. They harass. I mean, if you don't have a quarterback that can run, State is going to get you. Yeah. Now, granted, they play some quarterbacks that are going to run coming up. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens when they play Kentucky because I don't think Will Levis is as athletic as everybody likes to make him out. He to does be. not like pressure. Yeah, and he's not going to like Zach Arnett then. Well, last, you know, last year they just harassed him mm-hmm. and he had a terrible ball game. Yeah, um, but the thing about it, like you can't really look at the at the yardage mm-hmm. when you're looking at Zach Arnett's defense because mm-hmm. they're gonna give up some big plays. Yeah, they're gonna give up some big plays. I want to see what's the completion percentage, mm-hmm. how many pressures are you getting? Sacks, and they just, I mean, they popped Max Johnson all night to the point King, where at the yeah. end of the end of the end of the game, he he had to sit out, had to sit he out. hurt himself. But and you know and the biggest getting, the biggest one was was Buki Watson. I mean, you just can't do. We'll that. talk about that a little later. But 
and they got pressure from linemen got sacks, linebackers got sacks, defensive backs were getting into the backfield. Backups. Bringing on. I thought J.P. Purvis was you – know, that's a guy when he signed it. I remember Paul Jones was really high on him. It's like, this is a football player yeah, here. Yeah, he's a freak. And it took some time. You know, he had the injuries and he had the car wreck. And, but now that he's out there, you're starting to see some of that stuff. I mean, he played he, – he's one of those guys who looks like – I think Arnett must be really excited about him because he feels like a guy who plays with with no limits, right? No, yeah. no restrictor played on him. Well, the it was a blessing in disguise, and I'm you know we're wishing Deshaun Page all the best, but and I don't mean to make light of his injury, but it was an opportunity for Purvis. And um, by the way, I mean I don't think I think Page is maybe another week or two. Mm-hmm. He he should be back in. But all this does now is create more depth at linebacker. Where we've been talking about, you know what, you know what do they have mm-hmm. behind these starters? Mm-hmm. They've got to have people step up. Well, now here's an opportunity for J.P. Purvis to finally get his shot. Yeah, and I thought he passed it with flying colors. A sack and a half in the game uh, was constantly in the backfield when he was in there. He was a tough guy, very athletic player. Uh, he played quarterback in high school at Pelahatchie. I saw mm-hmm. him play a couple times. Dude was just he did it all. And that those are the kind of players that seem to succeed at Mississippi State on their defensive side of the ball. We've seen tons of players come through the years that were they did it all for their high school team, and you didn't really know where they would end up on the next level. Is Purvis a safety? Is he a linebacker? Mm-hmm. Well, he's grown into a linebacker, and I think can I think really help Mississippi State. Also, don't forget that State's doing all this defensively without Crumity, who's yeah. arguably their best defensive Which, by line. the way, Don Terry Russell played yesterday. Do you see that? The I saw DeMonte play. Don, Don Terry Don play? Terry Russell play. I didn't know that. True freshman. I mean, what, is he over 200 pounds yet? Uh, he probably is. <laughs> Not but much. I think he has a chance to be he better be. than his brother. I, I think that, you know the potential exists, but I mean, they're doing all this without Crumity. If he ever comes back, you, you're really going to have something there. Yeah. Number eight. To me, start to finish in, in all phases of the game, this was Leach's best win at Mississippi State. Uh, you know, you think about like Kentucky last year was a good win, but State was behind ten nothing in that game. Yeah, and they had some special teams, you know, errors in that game. In this game, outside of the missed field goal, special teams was fantastic again. Uh, defensively, I think they executed the game plan very, very well. And then offensively, to be as balanced as they were, Rogers with three touchdown passes. I mean, they dominated this game. From start to finish. once once they got the fumble that a, that A Shane fumbles at the at, in the red zone, the game completely belonged to Mississippi State. They were never in doubt. Uh, they they really could have added more points if they really wanted to. I think at the end, um, and they definitely took the gas off for that last touchdown for A and M. They just dominated a ranked team. I mean, I know Texas A and M is overrated. I know that they are, but you can only play who you play. And State, I mean, State yesterday was. State probably played the best overall game in the SEC outside of Alabama yesterday. Alabama played the best game, you know, to, to win that convincingly with your backup quarterback most of the game. Yeah, is is, is they impressive. They blew a lead, but they blew, but I mean they never they were never trailing. Yeah, maybe but, not blown is but the State, right word, but they it was they made it to they made it more interesting than it needed to be. Yeah, but that said, State was probably number two. Yeah, for me, anyway. very impressive. I th- and here's the thing. They could have played better. They could have. This that and it's time to start shifting your focus. If you're a fan that says and this team's mediocre, they're not very good, it's time to start shifting your focus to hey, they are pretty good. Yeah. If they're playing at their highest potential, this is a really good football team. They got veterans across the board. 
the line on both sides, I think, is starting to kind of come together. You got one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the league that might be. I mean, he he might be controlling his offense, what he does, as well as anybody in the country. And he he had a bad game against LSU, but guys, you got a really good quarterback here in this offense, and you got really good receivers. You got really good running backs. This team can be even better than what they are right now, and I think they're a pretty good team. I agree. I agree with you 100%. Like I, and that's I, why. I think this team, uh, each year we've seen strides now for mm-hmm. Mike Leach's team. This they team, improve. Yeah, this team is is moving further and further away from the inconsistencies that they had last year. Yeah. They're coming out and they're taking care they're of They're playing like a veteran time. team should play. Yeah. That leads us into our next two. Number nine, Mississippi State should be 6-1 and one when they go to Alabama. They should win these next two games. They should be favored to win. They're obviously favored to beat Arkansas. That's a six-point favorite. They should be favored to beat Kentucky. Even though it's on the road, Kentucky's offensive line is, get ready for it, putrid. Which is kind of weird to me. Really weird. That was a team built around the identity of its offensive line. Yeah. And then when that offensive line coach passed away, I think they, they lost They've lost some a of little that. bit of their swagger they, there. They, they are just not good up front. Ole Miss ran through them like Swiss cheese. Yeah, and Will Levis was just under He was under pressure, and that's going to happen again. And then on the other side, Ole Miss ran the ball at, at will on them, you know, in the first half especially. I think Kentucky is very gettable. Very gettable. State could be six, should be 6-1 and one when they go to Alabama. And then that goes into number 10. State should be 8-3 and three when they play the Egg Bowl. They should be playing the Egg Bowl for a ninth win. That and a chance to maybe go to Florida uh, somewhere. Definitely the Citrus Bowl, but maybe you can sneak into – uh, an access bowl. Yeah. Right now, I hate to do the coach speak thing, but mm-hmm. you literally just have to it's take one game it week, at a time. week at a time. It really is one game at a time. This is this is one of those years where you know you stop kind of you know seeing where you could be at the end of the year. Just take it the week that that happens and see what happens from there. But if they do do that, if they do go three and zero in the stretch, they are they are ahead of where we expected them to be. Yeah. You and I both said they would lose to LSU and Kentucky. Right now, they're on. They're right on schedule, mm. and to me, I th- I feel better about this team than I did preseason. Uh, I feel a lot better about this team. I agree. I agree. 100%. Uh, so I mean, it, you you really need to. I, mean, find I say a way. I, I say I feel better, but they're right where I predicted them. This yeah. is I have, I have made, nailed every prediction I made, and I'm not trying to say like I'm super smart or anything. But this is what I predicted. I said four and one. They lose to LSU. They beat A and M. Then I have them beating Arkansas. And I'm just reevaluating, like as it sits right now. If nothing changes next week, I'll have them beating Kentucky. That will be the first change yeah. to my predictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's. I picked State to beat LSU when the game happened, but I had them losing that game preseason. So yeah. they're so we're both right on yeah. target right now. Real quick, we are going to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, on Sunday, November the 27th. You and I. Is that what is that? Some kind of pay-per-view? so it's the return of the dragon. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat returns to the ring. Oh. Teaming up with FTR Ooh. to take on Jay Lethal, Brock Anderson, and a mystery partner managed by Arn Anderson. In the, the Mid Atlantic Territory. The last match for the Rock and Roll Express, they will take on the Briscoe Brothers. So, what, what is this AEW or is no, this? No, it's just some independent car. Yeah, we're going though. We gotta get as soon as the egg ball ends, we get in the car. We're driving to Raleigh, North Carolina. Horseman Country. That is the heart of horseman country. We're going. All right. Uh, last one. Number uh, 11. Every season has a moment. 
this is the moment this Saturday, right? Mm. SEC Nation, 11 a.m. I know it's 11 a.m. kick, not great. I was disappointed by the crowd, to be totally honest with you. I yeah, thought they, I thought they were into it, but it, they were there was not as many people there as they I thought. They were loud, but it was very sparse. Was, I think they the announced side. 51, probably closer to 49, 48. Mm-hmm. That that's that's disappointing. This should be a crowd where it's it's closer to 60. It should be as close to a sellout as you can get. This should be like the A&M game in 14. It should be. But, I mean, people are going to have to decide this, themselves. That's what I'm saying. They're going to have to tell themselves, this I'm is going the to support this. Either team. I'm going to go, either you're in or you're out really, really yeah. at this point. And, I, and, and I've, I've shifted my focus from, mm-hmm. from trying to give fans lectures and all that stuff. No, I'm not doing that. But, really... It's time to support this team. You get it's time to get behind this team because they have a chance well, if you, to be if really, you can't, really good. If you can't get behind them at this point, when will you? When are you going to do it? I mean, yeah. How many games do they have to win? Do they have to you know beat Alabama for you to show up to Auburn? Yeah. I mean, what, and, what, and listen, I'm I'm going to encourage you to come because the experience mm-hmm. it's is fantastic. Awesome. This is the this is probably the best a Mississippi State oh. fan experience situation. Whatever has been, um, and you know, in large part, that's thanks to Red Hobart. Yeah, but there's a lot of people involved in that. But the experience before the game, during the game, after the game, everything is everything is top notch. The music, mm-hmm. the uh, stuff on the video board, everything is, is great. I, I didn't think I was going to like it. I'll be honest with you. But the sweet dreams for told quarter. you. I that, told the you. The crowd is so hyped for that. I told you. It's, it's, it, Just it, admit it. Uh, you were right. I was right. You were right. The only thing that's lacking at this point is the LED show. Yeah, that, that'll be next no. year. I think next year's but, improvements which you wouldn't are... Ha- you wouldn't really had it anyway yesterday. Yeah, but I think you'll have LED lights next year, and they'll improve the speakers. Yes. That's going to be the two keys. But, I'm t- so. I mean, that that was yesterday. I was waiting for a bigger crowd maybe, maybe to Saturday. hear it. But yesterday... Cowbells in unison to the beat of Sweet Dreams was awesome. Somebody was asking about State getting a night game. That Georgia game should be a night game. If it should. State, if, State can, if State is, they should be 7-2 and two when they play that game. They should be, at worst. And that's going to be a pretty live atmosphere if you're 7-2. Yeah. and 7-2, and two, you're probably ranked like 14th or 15th. Because, I mean, if you, if you go through this stretch here and you beat Arkansas and Kentucky, mm-hmm. and just, lose losing, just losing to Alabama is not going to knock people no. off the bandwagon. And then you beat Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. 7-2. and two. I mean, so. this team has a chance. Got a chance to folks. have a big season. Has a chance to have a big season. So, all right, let's move on into the second half of the show. Before we move into the second half of the show, though, Robbie, I, I, I want to tell a story about our lunch today. <laughs> so, right. I got to tell this story because it's just funny. Woo. And if you're the old lady who was doing this, we're sorry for bringing it up. We want we don't have any names, but Robbie and I went to eat uh, brunch today. At Restaurant Tyler, which was fantastic, by the way. I had the Mississippi River Biscuit for the first time. Yep. Get that. I've been trying to get you on that. You just hadn't had a chance had to get had over chance. there. We need to do that more often. Long story short, though, these two women behind Robbie. Oh, my God. We're talking about some gastrointestinal issues in fantastic detail. And Robbie's just trying to eat, and I was just laughing at them. And I don't know why I wanted to tell that story. It's just funny. In in my I had to send you you thought about it anyway. Yeah. Like, but you don't have a filter sometimes. But I don't. I had to send a group message to ask to if, people if to you ask say something. Is it acceptable for me to turn around and say I say that it, please I want to know I want to hear from y'all. Is it if you're at a restaurant and the person sitting next to you is having a graphic conversation about their bowels 
It was is it okay man. to say, look, I can't help but overhear you. I'm sorry, but I'm trying to eat. Can we please not? I mean, this is not I mean, appropriate was, dinner table conversation. It's absolutely disgusting. I mean, we're, 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 we're hearing about acid reflux. We're hearing about a lot more than hot that. Hot flashes. Yeah. Um, and then other things. Other things. You know, so we want to hear about how difficult please it was to sit down on the toilet. Robbie did not say anything. I thought he should have. I mean, I started choking on my butter beans. You did because you, you you gagged she, a little on one of the things she, she, she said. Meant, she, I heard constipation, and I like a butter bean went down my throat. <laughs> She's backed up in the ears. I'm just saying. So I want to hear y'all's thoughts. I need to know. I said he should have said something. What did your group text say? Yes. Yeah, you should have. That's totally. There's a polite way to do it. You could have been like, "Ma'am, I'm very sorry, but I'm sitting right next to you. I can't help but overhear this conversation. I'm trying to eat." Can we please not have this conversation about your bowels? It was just—it was unbelievable. To like, me. I, I mean, imagine being at the dinner table and somebody—if somebody was in your house and they were having that conversation, we're trying to eat. I'd be like, "Hey, that's when we talk about the dinner table." I—I—I I, I sh- I couldn't fathom what I was because at first I was like, <laughs> "Did I just hear something about hot flashes?" You did, you did. And then all of a sudden we start going into constipation, and then oh the God. other thing—so so funny. The other side of it, which so I'm not going to say, yeah. it's just. It, and then it was like, yeah, and then, you know, sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you it just really hits. Yeah, just enough, enough, enough. <laughs> so, also Colorado has fired their head coach, so another job opened up. Chris Wilson was his defensive coordinator. I didn't realize that. Still hanging around, huh? Well, not now. He's been fired. Well, so, I will. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Collins and Chris Wilson both looking for jobs. I got to change something real quick here. Hold on. Do that because that reminded me. I'm going to add something here. All right. Let's move on into the second half, the last part of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner whenever you're looking to cook. The weather, and the, I mean, never mind the temperatures aren't that hot. They're, I mean, they're nice. It's cool, Chris. But it's also beautiful sunshine all week long. It's time to get out there and grill, especially in these last few days before we go into daylight savings and it's, you know, pitch black at 458. Go out and enjoy yourself. Fire up the grill. Put some steaks on the grill. Put put some burgers out there and have a great, great meal. And, of course, as we get, keep getting colder, if you want to break out the Dutch oven and make a big pot of chili, big pot of spaghetti, all sorts of great stuff, beef is what it starts with. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. You're not going to believe it, but another busy weekend at Two Brothers. That's how it is every time because Two Brothers is the best in town. The barbecue, the burgers, the sandwiches, it's just so much more. Than, than, than you think. It's smoked southern soul food. So this weekend, 11 a.m. kick means you can get to the to Two Brothers around 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon and have the whole evening watching football, enjoying yourself, and having a great time. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service is what every business promises you. Advantage Business Systems delivers it to you. When you need new technology for your business, when you need Copiers, printers, uh, computers, laptops. Hey, Advantage Business System has the best names and they have the best prices. And then when you need service, you're not making a phone call to a 1-800 number and talking to somebody across the ocean. When you need to schedule an appointment, it's not somebody coming in from out of state who will be there in 7 to 10 business days. You're talking to somebody in the same state as you, maybe in the same city as you, and they're going to get there, and a lot of times, the same day that you call them. That's the difference between being a neighbor and being a number. Call Advantage Business Systems at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. 
don't know if I mentioned it or not. Maybe I did on on, uh, on Friday's show, but I got to stop by the Rogue on uh, last week while I was down in Jackson for the Sanderson Farms Championship. Got to take a, a, my first-hand look. You know, I, I had seen the pictures and everything that they, they have online at therogue.com, but to actually get to see the quality of the shirts down there, it's just incredible. And it's just such a huge step up from what uh, state's official uh, logo uh, apparel providers, Adidas, are doing. I mean, these are quality, quality shirts. Don't look at them as just, you know, wow, that's a, that's a pricey shirt. That's an investment. It's a shirt that's going to last over the years. It's a shirt that's going to become your favorite shirt when you wear it. And it looks good, and it feels good, and you're getting it from a a, a, a a clothier who has a great reputation as one of the tops in the Southeast. That's the Rogue. So don't worry about living the three-stripe life anymore, Robbie. Robbie. Over okay. there. I'm just saying. Hook yourself up with a great new MSU Polo Quarter Zip from our friends at the Rogue and their collegiate collection. It's important to look good. It's important to have those shirts. It's important to, you know, we appreciate you guys helping our sponsors out. We love to see that. A lot of things are important. Mississippi State's win over Texas A&M was important. Let's talk about something else, though. Let's talk about something that's really important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. I felt like there was only really one choice. For me, for for Mississippi State, and Bookie Watson gets it. Dumb, dumb play. And he was playing probably his best playing game really, of the year. really well. And I, they call the they throw the flag, and I'm like Johnson. I'm saying you know, Jed Johnson's like Johnson hit him in the chest. Yeah, like this. What are they looking at? And then you said I think they're looking at the quarterback. And as soon as they showed it on the jumbotron, it's the most textbook targeting call of all time. He just launches himself right at the quarterback with his head. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people are like, "What a BS call!" It was that actually, is textbook. Yeah, that's what they want to see or not want to see from targeting. And you now he's going to sit. Now he's going to sit the first half of a big game against he, a team that, that runs the read option really well. They need him in there, and he's not going to be there. That's that's just bad. You, know, you should expect more from a leader than to make a play like that. Yeah, and like I said, he was having probably was such his a best good game, game of the year. Yeah, it's such it's such a shame. In the SEC. I feel like I'd be piling on Auburn, right? I mean, I know they were up 17 nothing and blew it, but they're terrible, right? It's got to be Kentucky for me. They, they, did, they really gave it away. Just sadly. blew it. I mean, they missed five points worth of kicks. They had penalties at inopportune times. They, they gave up a safety. And Will Levis, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll just say it. I'm sorry. If you draft that guy in the first ten picks, when you lose your job, you will know exactly why. There's no don't don't give me the whole Josh Allen thing with this guy. I'm not seeing that. Well, here's the thing about Will Levis. I mean, if you want to say like the scouts like him mm-hmm. because he's got the, got tools, the tools, that's fine. It's fine. But yesterday we didn't hear anything about things he needed to work on. Right. It was all about how he's the first. He's going to be the first point, pick taken. You should deliver. We haven't seen anything from him. The, there was there was somebody tweeting out a video of how impressive. That ball he was that he threw fifty yards down the field that missed the receiver by five yards. Yeah, he threw he an incomplete open, pass. He had a, a open receiver who had two steps on his defender. If he hits him, he's going to score. And, and instead, like, he overthrows just, him by five yards. And I'm supposed to be impressed by that. Yeah, I, I, I've never I'm, seen anything. I'm like okay this. with saying he has the potential, or whatever. Yeah. But he's done absolutely nothing. Go look at his stats. Yeah, go look at his stats for good. the last two years. They're not good. He hasn't done anything to get this he, kind of he hype. He piles on bad teams, and then when he plays good defenses, he doesn't show up. 
It's like Florida. He didn't play that well, and he was on the sideline talking the most trash. Yeah. And and I get, like, the Kentucky fans and the coaches are are defending him or whatever Mm -hmm. because he's a good teammate and works hard. That's fine. I, I I like those traits out of a quarterback. Yeah. But don't get mad at me or anybody else for questioning most how this guy's a first pick. Most in the quarterbacks draft. are good teammates. Most quarterbacks work hard. Yeah, you know, if you got one that doesn't, you got a real problem. If th- if this dude was the difference maker that people were making him out to mm-hmm. be, that game yesterday is not as close as it was. Much less them losing it and him fumbling it on two straight possessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can say that was a great play of the defense, whatever. Mm-hmm. He d- he didn't he, take care of the take football. Care of the care of the football. You're the quarterback. I think our friend Elizabeth Keene said it best. He won't even be the first Will taken in the NFL draft come come April. Will Anderson will be the oh, first. Oh yeah. One. Oh yeah. So I'm 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 will, I'm going to wait a couple more weeks before I make the other comment. Will Rogers? No, 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 no not not about the NFL though. Just about being a better quarterback in the NFL. We got to wait though. Let's just, and here's another thing. I, here's another thing I want to say. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that works for Kentucky Sports Radio. I think this year he got really upset because. Will Rogers, somebody had put Will Rogers ahead of Will Levis on the on their quarterback rankings. I did. And talked about how, like, well, Will Rogers, his completion percentage is so high because all of his completions are five yards or whatever. Mm-hmm. There were maybe like four or five passes downfield completed by Will Levis yeah, yesterday. Well, most, of his, most of the yardage he picked up mm-hmm. were little dump-off screens, yeah. little short passes that yeah. the wide receivers turned into big plays. I'll put it this way. Kentucky would have won the game if they had let Will Levis throw less. Yeah, no question in my mind. Yeah. If they let Chris Rodriguez run more, I'm not. Right. And like, I, you so. know, I'm not trying to just like go over the top on this guy, but like, I, well, I just the, don't it's get because it because the praise has been over the top. I feel like I got to counter it. And when you do that, you should you expect your, you people to criticize if he's not doing it. Yeah. So, so no, this this goes out to you, so. the uh, Kentucky former Kentucky writer who got upset at me yesterday. Former Kentucky writer who got upset. There you go. Then and then got my DMs upset because I quote tweeted him. Oh my god. No coffee for that guy either. Yeah. Geez. All right. Go watch basketball. Nas- <laughs> nationally, the rare double here, but two teams deserve to have no coffee. First off, Pitt. Ugh. You know, sometimes when and my buddy, I, I was out last night with some friends, and my buddy Ryan Nelson made this point. He's like, sometimes when a coach gets fired, the next game the team is just like they, yeah, they really, rally around. They really rally. That's what Georgia Tech did. They pulverized Pitt. They embarrassed them. The game should have been – it was not as close as the score made it look, and it was a blowout. Yeah. Georgia Tech dominated that game. Pitt, rough, rough, rough choice for Desmond Howard as a playoff team. They've already got two losses now in the season. And he, who else did he have? Michigan? He had A&M! Oh, my God. But And he had Baylor. Baylor's got two that, losses. Who's also outside of They've got my two top losses. 25. So – that's three teams that are now outside the top twenty-five. I haven't looked at the at the AP poll. They might Baylor might still be. In, I may they're not to, in mind. I may have to tweet something. We'll have to look at the poll. But then also Oklahoma. Did you vote Oklahoma? Had, couldn't have been in your poll. No, no, so. no, no. They're out. I thought Brent Venables was a defensive coach. You know what's strange? Uh, some of these defensive coaches that become head coaches, mm-hmm. their defenses aren't any good. It's weird. Like Baylor. No, I think no, the Baylor is the exception. Yeah, Randa's defense is good, but but you know, like Jeff Collins' defense is not good. Sucked. Yeah, uh, Manny Diaz, not great. Yeah, not very good. I mean, I don't know. What I it don't is. like defensive head coaches. I just don't. I don't know if they're meddling too much. I don't know what it is or what. But Oklahoma, that, that's embarrassing. They, and shout out, plenty. Give all the coffee to the TCU football. Uh, social media department. They brought the smoke, and you know that I love that. So. 
Oklahoma and Pitt, no coffee for either one of you. And we've guys. been hearing for years that Brent Venables, if he ever became a coach, yeah. he's going to be a star. He's going to have two seasons at this rate. And this is not. This Oklahoma is not, is not a this school. This is like A and M. Like this is their roster is yeah top ten. Oklahoma is not a school where you can go seven and five. No, no, no. They will fire you. Well, that's what I told you yesterday. Yeah. Like if he goes like five and seven, he might get one year. Yeah, I mean they, they won't go five. And, that they won't go five and seven. But no, because they've go, already won probably three games. If huh? they go seven and five, and then next year they're not like ten and he's, two. He's definitely in the hot seat. Yeah, this year. Trouble, so. There's your no coffee. But brought to you by. We, we didn't even tell you who it was brought to you by. It's brought to you by our good friends over at Strange Brew Coffee they know. House. Well, you got to tell them. Strange Brew Coffee House. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little odd, uh, Robbie, if uh, Brupolo was in Moorhead. Yes. Go ahead, Moorhead. Go ahead. This That's for you, Lee Battle. There you go. So. You know what to do. Hang over to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Wherever you are in our great state, they'll ship it right to you. All right, that's today's show. Enjoy it. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. We'll have our SEC picks. Robbie is now two games up on me. It is not looking good. It's that a, Anthony's steak is going to be nice. You can taste the Creole ribeye. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, we'll talk about whatever Leach talks about at his press conference. Maybe, you know, I hope that he sticks to football. I'll tell you that much. Uh and then probably a few other things as well as Mississippi State and Arkansas. That's our focus this week. I'll try to, once again, to get some extra interviews, have some extra content for you guys. I know you you guys have been very uh, receptive to that. And, uh, yeah, as we move forward with a top 25 team here in Starkville. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Hey Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.